later on today's episode society today and i believe that that's very loud and very real and does need to be addressed i think for somebody who is not thinking about it that way eat the rich capitalism this is bad when we talk about generational wealth does that mean we're putting a cap on it because we can't say both mm-hmm. correct we can't say both if having money is bad or bad and you're or yeah, you're bad people, you're, bad you're scam artists, you take advantage of the little, the people, little people, the working class. If that's the mindset of it, are you still tackling generational wealth? And if so, does that mean you're doing something different? What is that? Like, I, I that's the piece where I'm like, we are kind of creating an affirmation that is going against each other. Mm-hmm. Where yes, we want to tackle this social issue and the way that we work, the way that we care, the way that our our families have to work, the way we have to build an income today, the way that we have to generate one. I and I'm standing behind that 100. I don't know that the words "eat the rich" will ever come out of my mouth <laughs> because I definitely plan on being wealthy one day. Um, am I gonna die for it? Hell no. But I absolutely am going to climb and and I hope the one day look up and be very comfortable at some point. Um, So things, I definitely believe that that that's true. Personally, you know, I've shared, I started off as a makeup artist. I stopped because of the trends and so on and so forth. But it was also something that was financially very difficult to sustain. Hello, this is Patrice. Thank you for clicking on this episode. Here at the Melanated Intellects Podcast, we talk about everything from Black mental health and personal growth to Black world history. And my name is Shayla. Here you will find a balance between topics everyone is talking about and topics no one is talking about. Either way, we guarantee we will be bringing our distinct intellectual perspective. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. Welcome to another bonus episode. We promised bonus, bonus, excuse me, episodes. So here they are. Here's another one. Make sure you turn on your notifications because you never know when we might be dropping another one. Um, mm-hmm. That way you can, you know, keep keep it up to speed. Um, <clears throat> we'll be back in the fall. So, uh, you know, keep your eye out. You just never know. So what we're going to be talking about today is money mindset. And I know I say this a lot, but really, seriously, this one has been mm-hmm. on the list for a long time. Actually, maybe even since season one, it's been on the list. Um, but actually, I'm glad we waited because now I feel like I have much more to share today than I would have yeah. if we would have done it in season one. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, we got we got a lot to talk about around money mindset. Um, I, you know, and I've said this a couple times on the podcast, but really in another life, I would have been a financial advisor, and I am an unofficial financial advisor to um, a, several of my family members. And then sometimes, even if people don't like meet with me regularly, they'll meet with me just like a once over for me to take a look. I love a good financial strategy. Actually, I didn't write that in my notes, but I'll tell you guys about some financial strategies that I love. And maybe even I'll drop a link to a YouTube video too. Anyway, I geek out about ways you can save and or pay down money. Um, But also our mindset around money is really important. And I've been in spaces, um, quite frankly, since becoming an entrepreneur. Um, first I pursued real estate and I was in a couple of real estate masterminds and groups. And then, you know, for many of you, if you've listened to us for any point in time, then, you know, 
Um, you know, I've got very close to Lisa Nichols group. But anyway, I've been in spaces with millionaires. Um, and sometimes I'm privy to processes and knowledge and education that quite frankly, just the average person does not have. And so to the best of my ability, I will try to, you know, point you guys in a direction. Um, but anytime someone, a family member or a friend comes to me and they're like, all right, you know, you supposed to be the person that I know, help me. You know, Mm -hmm. the first thing that I do is not teach you a financial strategy. The first thing I do is usually I don't even tell people what I just like, okay, come ready. Uh, you know, take some notes. I don't even say what we're going to do. And I have them watch or listen to something around money mindset, because if you don't change the mindset, it won't matter what financial strategy I teach you, because at Mm -hmm. some point you can only go so far before that's going to hold you back. Um, so I'll try my best to be able to put that into words and explain it. I've, I've never needed to really explain it in detail in the way that I hope to do so in this episode. Um, but I got a lot of good stuff coming for you guys, resources, and because it was requested, you know, I have monthly, um, Saturday sessions because I'm now an official life coach, which I've now changed to bi-monthly. And anyway, I'm going to be having one about money mindset. Cause that's what people wanted me to do. They, they asked, so I'm going to get the people what they want. So anyway, it's a lot for us to, to dive into today. Patrice, anything you want to add before we head in there? Yeah. Um, now let's get into it. I'm, I take that back. I don't know why I always do this. I don't know why <laughs> I did. And I said, now let me say that when we get into the questions. I'm going to say okay. that. So let's okay. slide on in. Okay. Um, okay. So my first question is how would you define money mindset? Like when you hear that term, what does that mean to you? Money. So I believe it's, it's your core beliefs of around money. Mm -hmm. Um, and this might be stealing from Lisa Nichols. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) because I feel like I've, let me also add that I've, you know, I've had to go through quite a few changes recently. Um, and I've had to, identify what that is because before I had no idea what the hell that was I just thought when it came to money these were always stressful conversations that had to be had you know I've shared with you all that I used to work in collections since then I've always worked around finance and worked around accounting and worked around business industries very closely and seen a lot of exchange of funds and so I've always looked at this as a stressful dry, least fun conversation. I am a numbers person in that I am, I'm heavily leaned into the number. And so when I was approached with trying to understand my feelings around the concept of money, it was so far removed for me to really dive into that. Cause I was like, what do you mean about a millionaire? I'm not, what are you talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, do I feel comfortable to take a trip to Dubai tomorrow and then Europe the next day? Or do I not, you know what I'm saying? Can I afford a jet plane or no? That was how I determined wealth and comfort was, can I do the things that I would never even care to want to do the way that I would never even think of doing just because I can financially do it the way I feel like wealthy people probably operate. I don't fucking know. Or mm-hmm. not. <clears throat> and um, even the people who I've experienced 
who have money and wealth. I didn't even observe their behavior when it came to money until I started to establish my own. And then I started to realize, damn, like I've been around people who exuded this and I, I didn't even identify it because I had no idea it existed. I had no idea this was a concept. So I would say it's your core values, but that can be fluid based off where you are in your journey and what you understand to be money mindset as a concept in general. Some of us have never heard of it, thought about it. It's just, do you have that dollar or do you not? And that's the way the world trains us to think about it. But there is a lot more that goes into it. And that's when I say, and that's the concept that I'm speaking of when I say the the values, the the belief systems that go into how we determined how we feel about money in general. I I agree. Um, it can get really deep, and I didn't say this, you know, when I first brought us in. But this is a sensitive money is a sensitive topic, mm-hmm. depending on your upbringing and where you're from. And I hope that doesn't deter people from clicking on the episode. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you've listened this far, you're obviously listening to the episode, but. I mean, you know, it's something that we got to be able to deal with and yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too far um, in my excitement. So let me answer the question. Okay. Money mindset. I agree with Patrice. I think it's your core belief system about money. So I want to be clear that that's not just, I got, I got it or I don't got it. You know, it's, I believe it's hard to make. I believe that it burns a hole in my pocket. I believe that um, as a child, I never saw one or both of my parents because they had to go out and get it. So I, I deep down, I connect money with not um, not being this thing that I can have and also have a family, right? I'm talking about deep core belief systems that you've had from a child. Um, and I should have wrote it down, um, Lisa's quotes, because some stuff I am going to be openly and admittedly taking from Lisa, but I think it's seven years old. I think by the time you are seven years old, it might be sooner than that, your belief system about money is already established. And unless you do serious work to undo that, they live and show up in your current finances today. Um, and so when I think of money mindset, that's what I think of is like my deep core beliefs, like, and they, they were established in childhood and Lisa will say the good news about money mindset for one is that you can change it. And for two, a large percentage of it was not put there by you. Mm-hmm. You know, however your parents felt about money, they passed on to you. And a lot of it was unconscious, right? Like they didn't even have to tell you directly, like money is hard, you know, or we don't got it. They could have just, you could have just seen them struggle financially. You just could have heard them talk to other adults about their struggles with it. You could have just gone to school and been consciously aware that you could not wear or afford or have the things that your classmates could have, right? Mm-hmm. It, and, and and there's a lot of trauma around having money and not having money. I know for um, a lot of Black people in America, it's I didn't have. But for even having money, and I know that sometimes it's like, it's like, what, what problems you got if you had money, right? Mm-hmm. But like um, Lisa has spoken about people who she's needed to help who have had money and where money was used as this thing to, to feel a void for love right? Like I'm not a good parent. I don't know how to be there for you emotionally. I'm just going to throw money at you. And and regardless of if that was your journey or not, there is trauma in that just because it's not the poor trauma. It's still trauma, right? 
And so um, money mindset can get very deep. And anytime someone wants my assistance, if they want my assistance consistently, I really try to have them watch something or or take in something or read something that can help start unlocking our mind because mm-hmm. our mind is locked about money based in the beliefs that we believe to be very true based on mama, daddy, upbringing, et cetera. So yep. anyway, I hope that that answer made sense. Um, okay. How has your money mindset changed? What did it used to be and what is it now? Money was like, it was, it was a, you can't live without it type of situation. You, you, for me, I it was a, you can't live with it and you can't live without it. And I say you can't live with it because it stresses people the fuck out. And then when you totally consume yourself around money, it's just one of the most stressful things in the world and you can't live without it. I mean, you gotta eat, you gotta pay your bills. You know what I'm saying? I used to describe that if I could live in a world that did not revolve around money, I would. That would be the biggest motivator to find me somewhere in a hill with a tent on the beach, (laughs) just living my happy life. In fact, it's funny because my therapist, you know, some of the practices that we would go through of like, you know, tell me how do you describe peace? My peace would be in a world without walls outside on a beach, you know, all these endless elements around me that don't involve anything around luxury. And that was because of my mind, it was very stressful. And I never wanted to consume myself with that level of stress to obtain that. Today, what does it look like? How can I say this? Because it's still evolving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm still correcting, I should say. I'm still correcting. Let me put it that way. Um, and that it's something that, yes, I obtain, but it's one of those things that's fluid. It's like my energy, my happiness. It's fluid and it's it's present, but it's not this terrible bad news type of thing. Money helps people eat. Money helps people. It's, it's like the universe's currency. That's kind of how I think about it. Mm. And that you don't have to put these negative emotions into it. You don't have to attach it. And you also don't have to have an astronomical amount of it to have astronomical experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I've separated the monetization of myself and my emotions and my experiences. And I live energetically and pour into myself and keep money moving. And I've just, in doing that and separating the capitalistic value from money, I have been able to grow it astronomically without realizing it. Mm. I haven't experienced struggles in a way that have, how can I explain this? I'm trying to figure out how to explain. I haven't experienced struggles in terms of stress around money since I've removed the elements that made me stressed out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The world is good to me. I'm good to me. I pour into me. And then by doing so, I am taken care of. And that's my affirmation. And that's where it stands. 
not those exact words, but something along those lines. It's on my mirror and I'm not going to run over there to read it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that is how I kind of keep motion in terms of currency and currency is in pouring into my world. Money evolves, positive energy evolves. I evolve, my world evolves, like, and it just all flows together. It's, it's a unified approach to my outlook more than anything. I hope that makes sense. It makes perfectly good sense to me, but I'm also (laughs) someone who has had a money mindset journey. So that's true. That's true. For our listeners, that's not resonating with you. That's okay. Please still listen because maybe something we might say will resonate with you, but, Mm -hmm. um, it makes perfectly good sense to me. Yeah. Um, so for me, how has my money mindset changed? What did it used to be and what is it now? Girl, listen. Hey, you um, asked the question. <laughs> listen. Okay, so what it used to be, um, I used to be really cheap. I used to be really cheap. And um, money for me was this very finite thing that was plus, minus, sometimes a multiplication sign and uh, dollars and cents. And, um, I lived my life that way very rigidly, um, Mm -hmm. for a really long time. And for me, I was, and and still am in a lot of ways, a very, I've talked about how I'm a very structured individual, even though I've come a long way from that. Um, and to me, I was very logical with money in my mind. I, I was very logical with money. And I think by, by most people's standards who observed how I was, Um, that's how I was with money. And I think my mindset around it was saving it. I believed very firmly, especially when I was young, young, because my parents used to give me an allowance, you know, when I was like probably middle school, high school, maybe. Um, and my dad made a point, oh, he's going to listen and and find this funny. He made a point to like, I think, was he giving me an allowance for I can't remember if it was for me getting my hair done or if it was for lunch at school or both, but whatever the amount was, he made sure to short me. Mm. Does that make sense? So like, you know, let's say I needed $50 for the month. I don't know. He would make sure he gave me 40. Mm. Right. And it made me have to make crucial decisions about how I was going to spend the money, how I was going to save the money. So to me, I had power. And by the time I was in college, confidence in my ability to save money. Like you couldn't tell me shit about saving money, right? Because mm. that from his his father, you know, my father from his from my grandfather and so on and so forth, I'm sure, saving it was important. And also, by the way, my parents are the complete opposite with their mindset around money. Both of them grew up in environments where they didn't have a lot, but that impacted them differently. My father, saver. My mother, spend it. My mother's like, I don't know when I'm going to have this shit again. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> okay. I love your mama so much. Okay. <laughs> love it. My father was like, no, we got to save it. We can't let go of it. We can't, right? And I'm unofficial financial advisors to both of them right now, right? So anyway, um, that was my mindset. And I wanted to give that example of my dad because he he ingrained that in me and that was the mindset that came from. So I think that's important for people to understand as I talk about where I'm at now. Um, my biggest and first aha moment when it came to money mindset, not money, money mindset. So I was sitting in this conference and like I said, you know, I started in real estate and um, 
actually a millionaire was giving the speech, but it was just a lot of influential people and people who had money in the room on stage giving the event and also sitting in the audience. And something she said, because I had always prided myself on removing emotions from my decisions about money. That was something mm-hmm. that it was a strong belief of mine is that how I felt had no bearing on how I spent my money. That was a strong belief mm-hmm. of mine. And something she said made me realize that fear was an emotion mm-hmm. and that I was using fear of not having enough, not having enough over time, spending it too cheaply or not cheaply enough. Like my mother and sister, <laughs> they used to tease me about this time. We went to Walmart and it was a shirt for $7. And I was like, $7? Like I was sticky, sticker shocked about this $7 shirt. And then they just was just like, girl, you, you, you from your daddy. You know what I mean? Because my sister is definitely like my mother. <laughs> and I'm like my father. <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways. Anyway, they, they never let me live that down. But anyway. Um, it was such an aha moment to me in an awakening really of like, wow, I haven't been handling money the way I thought I was handling money. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, as I became more educated about how 401ks worked and how other investments were available to me than the ones I originally thought. And, you know, it was really a, a financial awakening for me that I went over from the time I quit. I sat in the conference. I think I was still employed when I sat in the conference, but not long after I quit. And um, I learned a lot, too much for me to even attempt to to give in this episode or even in my Saturday session, um, because there's a lot of things about money that we've been lied to about, how it, how mm-hmm. it works, how it functions. So anyway, my current mindset is that um, I can attract it because I believe in manifesting now. I had no, I don't even think I knew what manifesting was back then. Um, My money mindset now is that it's not, it doesn't have to be the end all be all. I think in my personal growth journey, I've hit some really, really serious lows. And I can remember thinking about how, even if I had all the money in the world, I would still feel bad about this thing that I was going through. I would still be crying today. And when I went through that, it, it lost, I stopped giving power to money in this way that I used to give it. Um, I, I ain't mad at it now. Okay. And I ain't going to turn it away if you want to give it to me. But I also understand that it is not the end all be all. It is not my life will not be perfect if I had an endless amount of it. And I know that like, that's corny to say is like money doesn't make you happy, right? Like money doesn't equal happiness. And there's a lot of people on both sides of that coin that argue with that either way. Mm -hmm. But I just hit some really tumultuous times in my life. And I was just like, all the money in the world would not change how I feel right now. You know, rather that was the loss of my grandmother or rather that was, you know, some trauma I was uncovering in therapy like it's still got to be uncovered. Rich people lose their grandmother too, right? Like these things and these feelings that I was feeling, these times in my life that now on the backside, I understand why they need to happen for my journey. But while as I was going through it, it was very, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? Why did it need to be me? And there's no amount of money in the world that would have changed the fact that it was me. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. And it, it coincides with my experience too. And I think many of us go through that where 
my biggest fear, and I think I shared this with you, maybe even on another episode in our fear of failure was getting to amount of success and still being unhappy mm-hmm. and success financially was definitely a big key of that. And I think when we look at artists like Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, so many people who were living out their dreams and making money and doing the things that they loved that were still very unhappy and Eventually, it led even to their demise is because substance abuse or whatever the case was, it, it, it weighed extra heavy on my heart to ever get to a point like that. So my thoughts going into therapy was cure all the trauma because I'm about to make some money and I need to just mm-hmm. have my good time. That's what my mindset was. And my therapist, when we finally, I think we were probably two years in when I shared that with her that that was my biggest fear about success was not being healed. And then coming into this demise of, you know, still being unhappy and, you know, it just completely riddling on my hard work and everything. Um, Riddling, I don't know if that's a word, but y'all know where I was going. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) ridding me of all my hard work and everything. Um, And she was like, why do you, let's think about why you value money that much. That Why does success financially matter to that extent mm-hmm. really life or death and I think for yeah. many of us money is life or death and I don't mean yeah. that in the sense of I gotta pay my bills and I gotta eat even though that's an obvious way where it's life or death mm-hmm. I mean like I have such an extreme fear of whether that's a failure or success that it is life or death to me to get there or to not get there to have it or to not have it Mm -hmm. and I think that's really rooted in our beliefs but also in our trauma almost everybody got some sort of money trauma like I don't know I don't understand how you grew up in America and not have any sense of money trauma absolutely and I don't care what side of the spectrum you come from either exactly having it not having it uh, yeah you know managing it not managing it whatever Mm -hmm. I I called it, my mom, she literally called, this is her favorite quote by me. She literally called me randomly, Patrice, what you, what you call that thing when people have money and security and they got everything that they wanted, but they still unhappy. What you call, what you call that again? (laughs) I tell her it's trapped in your own happiness. That's what I used to call it, where Mm -hmm. it's this happy bubble that you created, but you're trapped. You've got everything and now you still can't figure out why you're still unhappy, even though you have this happy bubble, this or happy gate. And now you have no idea where to go, how to go, because you have everything that you wanted. Right. Um, and I, I believe that people from many different aspects can experience that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, you know, I've shared that I had a lot of siblings coming up and I also share that I moved around a lot. When you see poverty across the board in so many different aspects, sometimes everything's good, but your parents are working extremely hard. And like you said, you may not see your parents because they're so working so hard going out to get it. You know, both my parents, when I was younger, had two jobs. My mom ran her business out of the house and she also had a nine to five. My dad washed cars in the driveway or he worked at vegetable factories at night and he also worked for, you know, another company during the day, but both were labor. So, you know, I understood that you had to work hard to get money. Mm -hmm. When I was a preteen, 
I hated how much my parents worked and the lack of access I had to them. And I, and sometimes I would literally miss them because they were working so hard. And, um, during that time, there was a lot of changes happening as preteens. We all go through naturally already. Then you add, you know, life dynamics that were changing as well. You know, my parents were splitting up at that time as well. So for me, it was so much to process. I true, I blamed it all on working so hard. So I promised Mm -hmm. myself I would never work Work that hard. Mm-hmm. That was my lesson then. I think many millennials saw that as well. Then, because shortly after we had the housing crisis, recessions, the wars, all the things that took place so early on in our lifespan at that time. But um, when it comes to finances, I think when you come from, if if you've if you've experienced homelessness, any type of uh, eviction. Uh, repossessions. I'm trying to find the words. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know why they're escaping me. That's why I'm taking someone to say them. Any of these big financial matters. My dad was big on credit. He preached me credit from the time I was little. I knew what credit was and I knew that we absolutely had to have it and try to understand what the fuck it means and how to make it grow. You know, I knew that very young age. That's the first thing I think I understood before taxes and money itself was credit Um, because my dad was so big on that. So for, you know, when you have experienced any of these things from bankruptcies, any of that, you know, you are in fear of ever landing there again. You know, um, Mm -hmm. personally, it's a big part why I don't have children. Mm -hmm. That's a big part why I don't have children. I was about to hear their next, but yeah. Stability, baby. Okay. Go, I'll let you take it. No, but I was going to head there next that a lot of people... And that's what I mean by your money mindset shows up in your life. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of millennials walking around here today that decided they not going to have children because they don't feel they can work and still be a good parent because they watch their parents work in multiple jobs and never be there. And that is a money mindset with that money mindset functioning consciously or unconsciously for you. You will never want to make a whole bunch of money knowing that it takes you away from your loved ones. If your mindset is money takes me away from my loved ones. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's how powerful it is. And I don't want to tell Lisa's story, but Lisa talks about how she had, when she was younger, there was a nun that she really admired sister Brown. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to be like sister Brown. And that when she got uh, motivating the masses is Lisa Nichols uh, business. And her first year, when she, it was like end of the year, I don't know, give me like October, November, and she was about to hit a million dollars. She stopped and told her team like, oh, we're going to go on vacation. Like we're going to kick it. Right. And she was like, nobody questioned me. We had a hard year and it was a good year. You know what I mean? She said the next year we reached that threshold mid year. It was like August. And then she knew that there was a money mindset getting in her way. And she, her money mindset was around money, not being holy, like, right. Mm. Like you could not be a spiritual person and be a millionaire. Mm. And at 1 million, that would mean she could no longer be, I believe her, her, uh, she's Christian Baptist is how I believe she was um, raised. Right. She could no longer be that if she had a million dollars. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I use Lisa's story to say there's a lot of Lisas and Patrices and Shayla's walking around here that maybe want like you, you might never be able to reach the success goals that you could or would have if your money mindset does not change because they're unconsciously working against you without you even realizing it. And I think that's why it's so important. I'm jumping ahead to my answer, but one question I have is why is it so important for the black community or for black America to have financial literacy? And I think my answer to that is exactly that. We talk a lot about generational wealth and I love that millennials are tackling that. And I think we're doing a beautiful job of tackling that. But I think in order for us to reach our highest potential as a community and as a people, when it comes to making money and investing money and leaving a legacy for our children, we have to address what we've been taught because the generation before us, I think a smaller percentage of them was about generational wealth, right? Like they was about surviving. We about generational wealth, right? That's a change Mm -hmm. generationally. And I just feel that in order for us to really have an advantage long-term, right? Our kids, our grandkids, our grandkids, grandkids, et cetera, et cetera. We got to shift our money mindset because there's just work to be done there within our community about money, you know, because we swear money hard. And then let's also talk about the fact that um, I know someone who, I've observed, I've observed someone who feels left out now that they have money, right? Because can you still be from the block? Can you still be aware of the struggle? Can you still be the down the way girl or boy, right? If you have money now. And there's a lot of conversations I can remember as a child where not having money was almost glorified. Like you, you a struggle, you from the, you know what I'm saying? And so to have money was like, I don't know, you the one with the money, you know what I'm saying? The way that it was posed in conversation. Now, mind you, yep. I gave you the the stat that I believe to be true, but I don't have, I'm not giving you a link on it, but what I believe to be true as far as the up to seven years old, right? So yep. I'm not the only one who experienced that as a child, right? So unconsciously, what is that telling little Shayla about money? Is that to have it is a bad thing. Or it's a thing that you got to keep secret because people might want to take it from you. Those are mindsets that need to be adjusted if you're ever going right. to have a lot of it. Right. Yeah. It's, oh, whew, so many. Okay. Where do I start? All right. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so many points. Um, I think about when I hear comments like eat the rich I know the mindset behind, you know, tackling capitalism and the toxicity within it that impacts our society today. And I believe that that's very loud and very real and does need to be addressed. I think for somebody who is not thinking about it that way, eat the rich capitalism, this is bad. When we talk about generational wealth, does that mean we're putting a cap on it? Because we can't say both. Uh hmm Correct. You can't say both. If having money is bad or bad, and people. you're or yeah, you're bad people, you're, bad you're scam artists, you take advantage of the little, the people, little people, the working class. If that's the mindset of it, are you still tackling generational wealth? And if so, does that mean you're doing something different? What is that? Like, I, I that's the piece where I'm like, we are kind of creating an affirmation that mm-hmm. is going against each other. 
mm-hmm. where yes, we want to tackle this social issue and the way that we work, the way that we care, the way that our, our families have to work, the way we have to build an income today, the way that we have to generate one. I, and I'm standing behind that 100%. I don't know that the words eat the rich will ever come out of my mouth <laughs> because I definitely plan on being wealthy one day. Um, am I going to die for it? Hell no. But I absolutely am going to climb and and I hope the one day look up and be very comfortable at some point. Um, So things I definitely believe that that that's true. Personally, you know, I've shared I started off as a makeup artist. I stopped because of the trends and so on and so forth. But it was also something that was financially very difficult to sustain for somebody who had a limited mindset i i came from a lack of i do not have Hmm. and when you have a i do not have mindset you never have enough product you never have enough money to make that look to make that thing to go to that place to have that client to do to go you know you never have enough to do what you need to do from a creative standpoint and i've learned this even today that i still fight that today I am always trying, oh, if I had that, then I'd be able to do this. And Shayla gets on me about this actually pretty often. <laughs> I'll be like, Trace, what do you have already? Because I'm pretty sure you done bought a tripod just like that already. You got one in here somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So when you have that lack mindset of a, if I had this, I could build this, I could be creative here. I think when it speaks to creating and designing our lives, it really comes in. Because that I realized it was a trend. That didn't just happen with makeup artistry. It also happened with college. Mm. The amount of money that kept going into this, and I'm trying to work and work harder. I got to the point where I burnt myself out because I was working so hard trying to build this education. So I come out, make all this money, and set up this lifestyle for me. You know, becoming a surgeon was going to answer all my problems is going to be the answer and i was dying to make that happen literally maxing out on credits working two jobs i never had enough money because i never had enough i eventually said i have to go to work i just have to go to work and so at my junior year i stopped Mm. because i that lack mindset of just not ever having enough. And so I think that happens to a lot of people. You hear a degree costs $65,000. You hear student loan conversations. You hear, you know, um, to, to become a social media content creator or influencer, you need a phone and this, all these different um, graphics that exist, or you see these images created, these aesthetics created, and you think of what you don't have. Mm -hmm. And that stops a lot of people from ever even stepping into the ring to see what they could create naturally, what they've already gotten. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a money mindset. I agree. It really shapes a large percentage of who we are without us realizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, oh man, I could talk about money mindset all day, but there's a lot and (laughs) I'm still on a journey. I'm still on a journey. I am not, I am not a millionaire. (laughs) I would never, I'm not going to claim that I am one today, but unfortunately, um, I strongly believe I'll be one though. Mark that, uh, put that in. Okay. Whatever time you listen to this, I will be one. (laughs) Um, but, um, 
it's still a lot for me to learn, but there's so mm-hmm. much that I've learned that sometimes I got to go back and I got to reread and rewatch just to yeah. remind myself because it's hard. Like, right in our mm-hmm. society, you know, us and everyone around us, unless they're going on a money mindset journey with us, thinks exactly how me and you used to think. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's hard. I'm not going to act like it's not hard because it is hard to kind of stay on that path and to you know, understand that it's something that money is something you have more control over than you think and that there's education out there that you don't currently have access to with some of which I'm going to give you, but, um, it's, it's hard to stay on track. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about this at the end, but my goal in my session is to teach people what I know about how to stay on track with it. That's all I can do. I can teach you at the level of my knowledge currently right now on the things that I do, on the things that Lisa has taught me and just a lot of resources that I've come across because I decided to really like kind of look into some stuff like, you know, um, you know, we love Mind Valley here, but we no, do. they are not paying me. Okay. Mind Valley. <laughs> but Mind no, Valley has... Um, it's called Arigato Money. Arigato as in thank you in Japanese. And the Mind Valley Free Masterclass is by Ken Honda. I'm going to try to find the link and put it in the description for you guys because I feel really strongly about this. And me and my family practice Arigato um, technique. And um, it was at one point I even had a screensaver on my phone that said Arigato. Anyway, um, Ken Honda is the one who leads it. I'm also currently reading, I am not finished with, um, happy money which is ken honda's book and anyway over in japan ken is uh like a money expert warren buffett right yeah, like a warren buffett of mm-hmm. japan and so he's had he's written like a lot of books and i'm just started tackling the first one so you know that's one good resource but i'll, I'll share some others before we leave um okay next question if you could go back to the beginning of your money mindset journey, what would you tell your younger you? Previous version of you. Oh, that one's deep. Um, I was so scared for how I was going to make it happen. Because me, I had decided I was not going to pursue medicine. And that was a very scary time. Because medicine was the career that was going to answer all my problems. My family felt like I was the little Barack Obama that was about to put everybody on. I was going to have the money and the treatment, okay? Everybody was going to be good. And so when I had to tell them no, that was really hard because there was their golden nugget. There was my golden nugget, you know what I'm saying? Um, And so I was very scared. I was incredibly scared. Um, And so I started and stopped so many things trying to get it right. And then I eventually got so tired of falling. I just entered into the corporate world because I knew how to leverage it. And little did I know had I taken this energy and put it towards anything, I would have made it. Mm -hmm. I would have. That's just me. You know, um, but I was, I went for safety. So if I could tell myself anything, I would have told myself, do it imperfect. Mm. 
Do it imperfect. Mm. And don't be afraid of life's lessons. To me, life's lessons meant poverty. It meant failure. Mm. It meant homelessness. It meant, you know, um, negative bank accounts. It meant a completely, a very scary experience and very lonely experience. And I could not have that. I could not fail because so many people thought, well, you ain't going to be no doctor. I don't know what the fuck you're going to do. Good luck. You know, so many people wrote me off because I was no longer pursuing medicine and I was a failure for that alone. And so I had to prove different. So that was a big driving force. And, um, you know, my parents, they both came from very small towns. Um, and both, you know, grew up with seeing a lot of poverty and not much at all. And so coming from two, I love, I love you, mom and dad, but y'all country, two country people, (laughs) you know, who, who, who did not have a lot and made so much, you know, they, they had so much compared to what they were, what they came from and what they were given. They were able to make quite a bit, you know, I felt like there was more pressure for me to do it. Otherwise they, they just did all this for me. They worked so hard, worked those two jobs each, you know what I'm saying? So trying to pull it together without education was a big, was a big, big, big struggle for me trying to figure that out. And so I would, I would tell myself, do it imperfect and don't be afraid of life's lessons. Just do it. That gives you the chance to create it's in those moments right there that you are creating something that, that, that gives life to creativity truly. And that also gives life to income because mm. income is the result of creativity. It really is. So people don't realize that, but when you in your element and you doing what you do, I would have figured it out. I absolutely would have. I am figuring it out. You know, I, I'm, I've figured it out in a lot of different ways as well. Um, but that would, that would be my. Advice. Yeah. I think that's, that's good. Do it imperfect. That's good. That's good advice to your younger or previous you. I think for me, it would be um, two parts. One money's not worth your happiness. That's what I would tell my younger version of myself and also find what makes you happy and find a way for that to make you money. Like like do it in reverse. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I Mm -hmm. I think I stayed in corporate probably longer than I should have. Oh God. Yeah. Choosing money over my happiness. Listen to me. My still in here. Let me shut up. And (laughs) even now it's been, um, Three and a half. It'll be almost. It'll be. It's about to be four years. It's about to be four I years. Know, so I know. I know. I know. I remember trying to work your ass to quit. Meanwhile, I'm still here. I don't know. Whatever. Keep Listen. Going. Okay. And um, in that time, I've had people ask me like, "Have you ever regretted it? Not for one second." And I ain't even rolling in dough. I'm not rolling in dough, right? Like I'm a new business owner, right? And if if you've ever started a business and you understand, right? My first real estate business didn't turn out quite how I expected, right? So I'm not. I mean, a way is always made for me, and I, I do all right for myself comfortably living wise. But 
you know, I'm not rolling in dough and steel. I would, I would not change anything about because what I would have been giving up in my sanity and just in my peace wouldn't have been worth it. No, not because, you know, my work environment was horrific or, you know, the place I worked yeah. at was horrible or anything like yeah. that, but just because that's not where I was meant to be. And so, um, yeah, that that would that would have been such good advice to to have back then. It's like find what makes you happy, even mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, you know, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs go towards what's going to make them money, which for me was my motivation with real estate. What's going to make you money? What's going to make mm-hmm. you money? You know what I mean? How about let's find what makes you happy and then let's ha- let's find a way for that to make you money. Yeah. There's a way for what for you being happy to find a way to, you know, whatever makes you happy. There's a way for that to make you money. There's somebody out there doing something. And if it hasn't been done, create it. In this day and age with technology and, you know, like 10 years ago, what was an influencer? Like somebody would look at you. If you could go back to the 90s or early 2000s and tell someone like, oh, in the future, there's going to be a way for people to make money by going online and make like they would have looked at you like you was crazy. I don't know who the first ever influencer was, but like create it you have that ability to be able to create a a form of income off the thing that you're good at or that makes you happy. And sometimes I try to help people find um, what that is. Like if they're stuck, like they'll be like, well, what, like, I don't know, you know, like, what am I good at? And I'd be like, oh, you could do, you know, I get really creative with it, but that's Mm -hmm. just a thought. Yes. um, That is so true. I can't remember the study or even when it was released. I want to say maybe 2017 around that time frame before or after, but shortly around there, um, there was a study that said something along the lines of like 75% of Americans would not work if it wasn't for their, the need for health care. I they, believe that. They work solely just for the benefits and having health care. Isn't that crazy? I believe that. And how unhappy are you? Yeah. How unhappy are you? Just so you can go get a checkup at the doctor and stay alive. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and um I, I always go back to this. The the original foundations of our economy were made up of blacksmiths, doctors, seamstress, you know, um, they were people, they're small businesses. Mm-hmm. A bunch of small businesses made up the generate the income for a town and they paid their taxes and it went towards their actual town. No weird shit happened up in there, you know. Um that's how it was. And it feels like through this digital age, as long as there are no bans in place, through this digital age, we are slowly going back to people with a bunch of um businesses. And it's kind of becoming a necessity because of things like inflation you know it's kind of you kind of have to find you're secure you're more secure in generating an extra means of income than you are with your nine to five today which is that's i real. never thought i would say that yeah that's real and that's becoming such an, a crazy realization for those of us who have that 75% to get healthcare mindset and security and stability means a nine to five, that that's a real rude awakening that I think a lot of people are coming to understand. 
because um, so many people just want to make their check and take their ass home and, you know, feed their kids and go to sleep and go fishing on the weekend. Some people just want to be chilling. They don't want to have to make, make all these different businesses and yada, 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 okay. you know? Um, but personally, I feel like how further advanced would we be if we did take that time to really um, spend time and energy where we want to be? Like, if your interest is mental health, how much further along would you be if you were spending time in mental health? If your interest is making mm-hmm. sneakers, you're a sneakerhead. Maybe you like to design shoes. Like how much further along would you be if that was your field of expertise and where you could generate your income? Mm-hmm. And as a country, how much further along would we be if that's what we were able to do? Because a degree, again, going back to that, it is not. it does not mean income. It does not mean money. It does not. That has been... That was probably proven more than 10 years ago, but it is now more louder than ever. And, you know, I think money mindset told us the first step of the first step to creating stability is go get your degree. Sign up for $60,000 in student loans. I agree. Yeah. And I think um, so much to talk about. I know we're going to be here all day. We have to wrap it up at some point, but oof. I think, um, no, I think that's very true because everyone's not meant to be an entrepreneur. And that's, I don't yeah. want people to think that that's, I, I'm just convinced you to find what makes you happy. That can be a job. Mm-hmm. It probably is a different job than you in, right? <laughs> like, but it can be a job. Like, I'm not against you going to get a job, but like, sometimes we start on a path and we feel like we can't switch or change. Yep. Yep. Um, and I don't want people to feel that way. Um, yep. so, you know, that's that, but, um, okay, we got to wrap up soon here. So let me start dropping, um, links and resources and stuff like that. Okay. So as far as, l- let me give you, there's like four financial techniques. And when I say financial techniques, I'm going to say w- ways to pay down or manage some of the later ones become manage your money. Some of them I have personally done myself or I have personally guided other people in doing some of them I have not, but I'm gonna go ahead and run through them. So snowballing, which is, I feel like a common one that people know. I don't re- I can't provide you a YouTube link or anything like that. But if you look down the financial sort of strategy of snowballing, I paid off a lot of student loan debt with that technique for me personally. I want to say Dave Ramsey is a really big fan of snowballing. So if you yeah. have someone to listen to Dave Ramsey, I know he's a big proponent of snowballing. So like if someone comes to me and they're not ready to do some of the bigger financial strategies, then snowballing is where I would direct them. You really can pay off a lot of debt in a shorter period of time. With snowballing is also chunking. And I feel like Dave Ramsey might mention chunking as well. I can't recall. But chunking is essentially where you would take I don't know, let, let's let's say you're paying off your car, just say, for example, and let's say you have a credit card of $10,000 that's free and available. I'm just using this as an example. You, I'm not saying that you can't do chunking if you don't have a $10,000 credit card. Just listen to what I'm about to say, okay? <laughs> Hold your question. <laughs> you can please. still continue to make payments <laughs> on your vehicle, but you could, let's say, do a balance transfer where you transfer over 
I don't know, $3,000 of your car onto your credit card and you pay down the $3,000 on your credit card while still making the minimum payments on your um, car. And what that will do is the payment of the $3,000 towards your car comes off the principal, which will help you pay it down sooner. I'm sure there's videos out there about chunking. Again, I do not remember which video I originally saw it on. Have I ever done chunking? Maybe once for something very small. I was a big proponent of snowballing though back in the day. Okay, next would be the one that changed my family's life. And that's called Velocity Banking. And I actually will drop the link to this one. Um, this is when I was in real estate and I'm gonna give you the man that taught me. Now I was physically there for him to teach me in class, but he has a YouTube video where he teaches it. First off, before you click off of me and go click on the thing, understand this about the video. The video uses an example of a HELOC, which is a home equity line of credit. You can also do this with credit cards. My family did not do it with a HELOC. They did it with credit cards. So already keep an open mind to the concept that he's going to explain to you. You can do with credit cards, or in fact, you can do it with any balance. You can do it with any sort of um, line of credit that replenishes. So you can't do it with a personal loan because you take a personal loan off for a certain amount, then you pay it off. That's it. You don't get the twenty thousand dollars back. The loan done mm -hmm. with a credit card, right? I spent two thousand. I paid two thousand off. I get two thousand back, right? So it needs mm -hmm. to be a line of credit that you can use in that way. So please keep an open mind to what he's saying. His name is Zach, okay? And I have personally met him and know Zach. I'm no longer in his community, but highly recommend his video because I think he breaks it down. And watch it more than once because it's a difficult, it's, it took me more than once to watch it and understand it. But once I got it, um, Cartier has paid off a lot of debt with it. My father has paid off a lot of debt with it. And they're pretty much, you know, financially good now after using this and they still use it to this day. The last one I have learned a lot about, but I have not personally done. So I want to put that out there. My family has not personally done it, but they are interested in doing it. And that's called infinite banking. And I've given these to you in levels of what I feel is if you're new to financial strategies, I think chunking and snowballing is a good place to start. If you don't got off, you don't have no debt, you're making a lot of money, you're already comfortable in life and things like that, then infinite banking is where velocity and infinite banking is where I would have you end up at. So I I have these in my mind. I can teach them to people, my family and friends when they come to me. Um and I, I go over their finances and I determine where they're at. So that's just the Shayla sauce that I'm just giving you. So again, I'll give you a link to the velocity one. I don't get paid. Zach, Zach is not paying me or anything like that. I don't, I don't even think he know I'm doing this, but I mean, I just believe in his video and I think he broke it down in a really good way. Um, Resources. So I already talked about Ken Honda and Mind Valley with the Arigato Money, Lisa. So everybody knows, right? I've, I've learned from Lisa as a coach, but before I learned from Lisa as a coach, I learned from her as just a regular person. She has a program called Elevate. It's an online program. I think now she only offers Elevate Extraordinaire, but please don't quote me on that. It's an online program, self-paced. And um, there are, I don't know if it's still like this because I took it like back in 2020, but there are um, monthly I think they're monthly. There are periodic meetings where you meet over Zoom. 
to help provide support. And although the program is not about money, there's one particular chapter, like she breaks up the program into, at that point in time, it was like 12 chapters or um, they, she calls them keys to success. And they're your whole life. She break your whole life up into 12 sections. And one of the sections is money. It's a very powerful thing to watch. Now I'm going to tell you, she releases the chapters in order. So like you can't just buy the program and hop to the money one. There are <laughs> things she's going to have you work on prior to you get to the money one that's going to be released over time. Um, so that's someone who wants a whole life change. Lisa's not paying me. I'm not getting paid. Okay. If someone who wants a whole life change and money is one of the things, she has a really powerful chapter on money in that. Okay, then now let's talk about, I'm a big proponent of like apps and small, the little guy, which is us investing, okay? So most of the things, I think all of the things, yeah, all of the things I'm going to give you, I've personally used and have liked or found them to be successful, okay? I hope y'all taking notes. This is a lot of information, okay? Take notes, write, pause me and write it down now. <laughs> my favorite, favorite money saving app is not an investment app, but I'll get to those is, um, it used to be called get upside. Now it's just called upside, but anyway, you can save money on gas and they also have restaurants and grocery stores. Now, when I was living in Arizona in my area, I lived in Buckeye, which if you're from Arizona, then you know, that's far out. Bonies. So yeah, it never had, <laughs> it never had, um, it never had supermarkets near me. So I have really haven't checked it since I've been in Cleveland, actually, about the supermarkets. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I love this app. And my family will tell you anywhere we travel somewhere, I'd be like, oh, we're going to get gas. Hold on, let me check my app. Like, you know. So how it works is, um, let's say, for example, you, there's certain gas stations that participate. So it'll tell you which gas stations participate in your area. You, let's say you locate a gas station. It can give you directions to that gas station. I have one consistent one that I go to because they always participate. When you get there, let's say that you see the gas is $3.50, for example. Your app, GetUpside, might say, well, they're, they're running a promotion right now where it's $0.10 cents off. So that would mean instead of $3.50, it's $3.40. So you get the money back. You have to pay the $3.50 up front. You put it in the app. Right now, they've they've evolved. When I first used the app, I had to take a picture of a receipt. I think for most, it's all technology-wise. So you just put like, hey, the last four digits of the card I'm going to be using is one, two, three, four. You let them know like, yes, I'm here. You get it. You don't usually have to pay, take a picture of a receipt anymore. The money comes back to your get upside account, which now they call it upside, but I still call it get upside account, right? And you can rack up the money. You can get the cash back cash in your bank account once it gets to $20. Or I think at any amount, please don't quote me because I don't ever go this route. I think at any amount, you can get gift cards and they have a lot of different gift cards on there. What I love about it though, is that, you get paid for every person you refer and you also get paid for the people they refer. So I know someone and I gave it to her ex-boyfriend and he still make me money. So I'll be like, oh, good. The, the relationship worked out some kind of way for me, right? <laughs> anyway, and I think he didn't refer some people. So I need- You gave me the link. I remember that. 
in all transparency, if mm-hmm. you go through my link, I will get paid for it. So I want to be transparent mm-hmm. about that. There's a lot of things I'm going to give you that I'm not going to get paid for. I will get paid if you go through GetUpside link that I provide to you. And I think because you're going through my link, I think you get an additional, it used to be 10 cents off, but don't, don't call me on what it is today. But you will get an additional cents off for the first time that you use it for going through my link. Okay? So that's Upside. Next, I know this is a popular one that we've heard, but acorns. Okay, so acorns, I love me some acorns. Mm -hmm. So acorns, you can attach to your bank account and it rounds up your, okay, so let's say you go to Chipotle, you spend, I don't know, $10.80. The additional 20 cents for the next dollar, it takes out of your account and invests it for you. And um, early on in the pandemic, my acorns account was doing pretty solid. You can take the money out at any time. I don't recommend it. I recommend you keep it in there. But it'll ask you like how aggressive you want to be. Um, I think if you go through my link, I think I do get paid or some of some kind. I don't really recall what Acorn's promotion is, but mm-hmm. I think I do get something if you go through my link. But I'm a big fan of Acorns and it's it's money. I love it because a lot of times our money mindset will tell us that we can't be investors. Right. Because you live paycheck to paycheck or you don't whatever. Right. But like how many of us, when you do our bills, you round up any damn way. Mm-hmm. You round up any damn, damn that's way. $200. I don't pay no $200. My cap is 176 176 Exactly. <laughs> so first of all, money mindset, correct your money mindset. Okay. Because you ain't missing them 20 cents. Even if you're a person who's living paycheck to paycheck, most of us can afford an additional 20 cents that we probably not going to miss or that's one less visit to Starbucks can make you make up for whatever they, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. Um, So anyway, that's Acorns. Next, love, 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 love this app, Robinhood. I can't recall if I'm going to get paid or not for going through my link. Um, I will provide my link. I might get a little something. I can't recall. But rather you go through my my links on these or not, um, I highly recommend them. So Robinhood, here's what I love about Robinhood. And let me try to break this down the best way that I can if you don't understand like stocks. Usually to invest in stocks, you have to purchase 100 shares. Bear with me, okay? Bear with me, bear with me. Because to me, Robinhood is um, revolutionary in the stock game, in my opinion, my personal opinion. You have to usually buy 100 shares in order, especially if you're talking about like Amazon, Facebook, Mm -hmm. like right, the big ones. And most people, regular little people like me, you cannot afford that. I don't know what is going on. $300 a share. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know the running price right now, but they're usually hundreds of dollars a share. You take Mm -hmm. that buy 100, it's a lot of money. So only the big boys can buy Amazon and, you know, these big Mm -hmm. companies. So what Robinhood does is it splits up the stock into multiple shares. So if you just want to buy $1 or $5 or $20 of Amazon stock, you can do so through Robinhood. And to me, that's what makes it so exciting because it makes the little people like me and you be able to invest in really large companies and organizations. So I love, love, love Robinhood. Highly recommend. Um, the last Robinhood and okay, Acorns, Robinhood, and the next one. If you don't let, do any other ones, I think you should do these. Okay. Okay. Love Robinhood. So the next one, and I don't think I get anything from this link. This is just the link I'm going to provide. So you know who they are. Cause they have a common name. It's called Lex L E X. 
I could be Lex Investments, but they're L-E-X. And this is if you want to um, invest in crowdfunding. Now, if you're already familiar with crowdfunding, traditionally, you know, you need a little bit. I mean, you're going to have to have a little bit in order to invest in crowdfunding. Like I've seen 5,000, 10,000. One time I saw a 500. Um, but normally you're going to have to have a little something, something to do crowdfunding. So crowdfunding is when a lot of investors, again, normally this is something that you have to be a big investor to have access to. Y'all get together on a project, right? Now Lex only does commercial properties. That's really important for you to know. So if you're a person, you're not interested in getting into commercial properties, it's not for you. Um, but what I like about them is that you can make purchases and participate and buy shares in these pro- in these projects as low as $250 per share. Right. So 250 might be like, okay, I got my income tax check back or, you know, they gave me a bonus, a Christmas bonus at work. I'm taking $250. I'm investing. So I have made money. I made about $100 on my Lex investment and I made about $100 in a year. Not a ton of money, but these things add up, right? Like, so, okay, if you hit me with the upside and I'm saving money on my gas and then that money is put back into my bank account, I, I always do the bank account option with get upside. I don't ever buy the gift card, but that's just me, right? You're getting the money put back there. You got acorns that are starting to invest. So that's a little something that you can put with your retirement, right? And I personally like to be aggressive with acorns because it's not my main retirement right? Like most of us have a job, a 401k, a IRA. So it's not my main one. So like, yeah, girl, be, uh, be aggressive with that. Okay. And then you got the Robin hood where you're not able to buy, you know, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, et cetera, Microsoft, whoever you start putting this together. This is something that a person making an average salary can do to me. So, mm-hmm. um, those are my reasons. Did I miss any? I told y'all about, okay. Those are my resources. Of course, I'm saving the best for last, which is me. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm one of many resources. Um, I have something special for the Melanated Intellects community when it comes to my next Saturday. Well, let me not say next. My next couple Saturday sessions with Shayla. So they've moved bi-monthly. So the next one will be in July. This is going to be July 29th, and it is going to be about money mindset. What I promise people is that you'll always walk away with an exercise or a tool, something you can physically take as homework with you to be able to use in real life. It's going to be focusing on money mindset, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Now in our goodbye episode, until next time episode, I gave some prices, but I'm going to re-give them because I got a discount just for y'all. Okay. So how it works is you can purchase one time, you can purchase it like, hey, I'm just going to come and check out this one session. That's $44.99. These are introductory prices, by the way, because the more I know, the more I continue to work with Lisa, the price is going to go up, okay? Say $44.99, okay? Now, if you know, like, I need help all the time, okay? Forget the one. I need help all the time, Shayla. You saying you have them bi-monthly? What is that going to look like? You get a 20% discount. So that's $35.99, okay? Now, that will be bi-monthly, so I will bill you bi-monthly. I'm not going to bill you on a month that we're not going to meet, Okay? Now, because you're Melanated Intellects, and this is only being offered to Melanated Intellects people for July and also September, which we'll talk about the September one in a minute, you'll get an additional 15% off either option. Meaning, if you sign up for the subscription, it will be an additional 15% off indefinitely. Indefinitely. With the code M, 
as in melanated, I as in intellects, off, excuse me, MI15 off, MI15 off. I'll put the link in there. You can get it. It will never, ever, ever be that low again. I can assure you that <laughs> it will not ever be that low again. Okay. And, or you can do the 15% off the $44.99. On my site, there's a free Saturday session with Shayla that you can check out. That was my November one where I talked about putting you first. That, it was some good stuff in that one. Um, so that's that. The code also will work for the September one. So just for July and September, if you listen to this after the September one is not, it's not going to worry. The September one is September 30th, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm going to be talking about, you ready? Self-sabotage. We talk about self-sabotage and some ways that we can, you know, work with that. I really do try to think about the order that I put them in and kind of have them stack on top of each other. If you attended the last one, you may be going through something that will relate to the next one and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I try to keep that in mind. Um, so that's July 29th, 4 p.m. Eastern time, Money Mindset, September 30th, 4 p.m. Eastern time, Self-Sabotage. Both of those on Saturdays and MI, Melanated Intellects, 1515 off, O-F-F, all caps. And um, that's that. So hopefully I'll see you guys there. Um, I might have some other promotion, melanated intellect promotions in the future, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on that. I would get in now if that's something that you really want to do, especially if it's about money mindset. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of information. I do have a few more. I do want to add. Um, so for me, Tiffany, um, yes, the or the budget needs to, to get good with money. Her book has been super valuable. I listened to it on audible while I'm cleaning, Um, and there's also a Netflix documentary and I love that Netflix documentary because it approaches real life case studies, takes three people, applies this financial advice and kind of shows their financial growth over time. So whether you're, whether you're coming into money for the first time, a lump sum, whether, you know, you need to build on your money or whether you, um, have always had money and you want to retire early. Um, they have these different cases and I love that documentary. It was super uh, like influential for me. Um, as a new shareholder, I felt, you know, I felt like I was learning something as a, um, someone who's built their income recently and still growing it. There was so many good gems in that uh, documentary. Um, you had me thinking about the gas piece because, um, I was like, why didn't I use that link? And I remember, oh, it's because I go through Fries or Kroger. And so Mm. I used to work for them way back in the day. My old call, not them. It was actually Safeway, but they were obviously our competitor. We did the same thing. So whether you work, whether you're at, um, whether you're dealing with Safeway, you know, Safeway has a just for you coupon system. My favorite is Kroger and Fries because for every $100 you spend, you get 10 cents off gas up to a dollar off. So I'm a queen of online ordering my groceries and either going to pick them up or having them delivered here. I always attach my little phone number. So when it comes time, once when I used to commute, I would just pop in my, go to a Kroger gas station, pop in my phone number. And I was sometimes saved like 40 cents on gas. So it's really nice, especially in times like 
today. So that if you don't have the option to use the link in your area, that's another backup. If you have a Kroger or a fries in a gas station and in a Kroger gas station fries as well, I believe they also go through shell now too. They've, um, they've got a few oh, partnerships with other gas companies. Yeah. Okay. I see so you yeah. Um, so out here, our version of that, that would be giant Eagle. So giant Eagle has their own. Yeah, so like, I forgot they got like 15, yeah, so the Upside app, so I'm glad you brought that point. So the Upside app is not going to work with Costco's, Gas, right. Sam's Club. So that, those are for them. So these are for mm-hmm. people who either don't have those memberships or don't actively use those memberships. Right. Or perhaps, like, I don't know how often you travel, but sometimes when I'm on a road, like obviously Giant Eagle is just Ohio, PA, right, right, in this area, right? So if you're traveling outside or something like that. Um, so yeah, I do. You, you're a good point. I did want to put that in there. Yeah. As far as uh, it work, works with or don't work with. Yeah. I could do a part two to this. Cause there's so much to money mindset, like a lot. And I know we're over already friends. I was yes. thinking like, Oh yeah, we can get there. No, this, this one gets deep. Um, I hope y'all had some takeaways. Um, I, all in all, when it comes to the money mindset, stop telling yourself no. And if you're telling yourself no, explore why. What is standing in front of you physically or mentally or emotionally or spiritually keeping you from being able to obtain such thing? Otherwise, the sky's the limit. And I know people think, oh, that's fairy tale. No, literally, sky's the limit. We see it every day. People come into large lump sum opportunities that generate amazing opportunities for income or just experiences or what have you, whatever that means for you. So um, all in all, Check the mindset, baby. Yeah, hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. Um, if you don't already have on your notifications, please do. Um, hopefully I'll see you at a Saturday session workshop. Yeah, okay. uh, if not, then that's okay. You know, we'll listen. To, hopefully you'll listen the next time we have a bonus episode. Please go follow us on IG at Melanated Intellects because, you know, we drop stuff there. Um, not as much during the break, but we'll drop stuff there as well. So. Um, Until next time. Bye.